0: Hey, Heritage, thanks for joining us virtually as we press into worship our Lord and Savior together today. You know, each and every week, I'm reminded of the privilege it is to gather virtually and in person to worship the Lord, and in return, receive what He has for each of us, individually and collectively as a church family. Now, as we step into our time of worship through song today, I just wanna encourage each of you in this moment to prepare your hearts and minds on Jesus. Now to help us do that, we're going to begin by singing a song called Here For You. And I love this song because it helps us understand that He is the reason we gather to worship and that He is everything we need. When we sing these words that we are here for Jesus, we do not mean that we are here to fill some need in God. My friends, we are not here, whether in worship or even just existing on this planet to fill up something that is lacking in God. He has no needs. He lacks nothing. In fact, Romans eleven thirty six reminds us of that. And, and it says, all things are from Him and through Him and to Him. So when we say we are here for you, what we mean is that we are here to get more of God. We are here to have Him. We come hungering for Him. We are thirsty for more of Him. We are the ones with the lack and the need. And in worship, we come to feast on our Heavenly Father. And my friends, he is a good and loving God who desires to pour himself out and serve us by ministering to our spirits. In fact, Psalm 50 reminds us of this important truth, and I believe it will help us today as we come before the Lord together, seeking and desiring for more of him. It says this, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. I believe the invitation before us today, friends, is to come to God with all that we are, with all of our troubles, all of our joys, and to allow God to pour Himself out to us. My friends, the King is alive. He is here. He is moving. So let's come before Him today and welcome His presence into every area of our lives and praise Him for all He has done. Let's worship together.
1: Let our praise be your welcome. Let our songs be a sign. We are here for you. We are here for you. Let your breath come from heaven fill our hearts with your life. We are here for you. Oh, we are here for you. to oh. so you our hearts are We are here for you. Let Your word, let Your word.
2: The rays be a weapon Is, groaning? It is. is a new creation coming it is. is the glory of the Lord to be alive light within our midst it is. is it good that we remind ourselves of this
3: This is the moment in our service where we pause and hold space for prayer. This moment where we get to communicate with God and He with us, where our hearts are united together. As we've been on this journey of interacting in body, mind, spirit, and community, one of the practices of mind is to meditate. And that simply means to fill our minds intentionally with the things of God. You can meditate on scripture by just memorizing it or saying it over and over again, reading it until it's deep in your heart. You can meditate on the creation of what God has made by just looking at what's around you and seeing how all of it points to his goodness and his glory. There's another invitation to meditation found in Psalm chapter 77, it says this, I will call to mind the deeds of the Lord I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and muse on your mighty deeds. It's an invitation for you and for me to pause and to fill our minds with remembrance. To remember the good things God has already done for us. To reflect on where we've seen Him move, where we've seen Him act in power, and rest in confidence knowing the God who did those things can move again in our need right now. So I'm going to invite you in this moment to just call to mind a couple of examples of God's faithfulness from the week past. Maybe it's an answer to prayer. Maybe it's where you've seen him bring peace, comfort. Whatever it is, hold on to that. And now, with confidence because of who he is and what he's done, I invite you to bring your requests before him. As you do that, I'll pray for us, Father, Son, and Spirit, we're so grateful for how you have worked in the past. Give us fresh confidence to see you move and work once again today. Lord, for each of these needs that have been represented before you, we ask you to move in your power, to answer them in ways that only you can. To continue to go ahead of us, show us what it looks like to renew our minds with the truth of who you are. Lead us now, we pray, in Jesus' name.
4: friends. I am so glad to be leaning into this moment. I'm glad that you are here as well as we continue our Fit for Life conversation. Now, believe it or not, we're already in week five of this conversation, but we've structured it in a unique way in that we're looking at different conversational buckets along the way, four to be exact, and we're spending three weeks on each of those buckets. And last week, Pastor Sean did such a great job of kicking off a new kind of bucket in this series where we looked at the mind. we looked at the the importance of leveraging the mind and and how the mind sets trajectory in all facets of life. And I get to continue this conversation, um but in many ways, I feel like I, I'm the bearer of bad news in in certain ways uh, because we're going to we're going talk through some of the challenges that are attached to the mind, and some of the things that slow us or hinder us from really leaning in to a healthy mindset. And uh, so I I don't want anyone to leave our time together feeling any sort of despair or a lack of hope. And so I wanna start uh, with a a scripture verse that Pastor Sean uh, really laid out for us last week that I think just gives great hope. And I wanna read it over over us as just a foundation uh, for our time together. So let these words wash over you. This is uh, the Apostle Paul. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. And listen to this, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Friends, I don't want us to miss right off the bat this incredible truth that in Christ, change is possible. And that as we talk about challenges around keeping our thoughts healthy, I want us to remember that in Christ, transformation is always possible. There is hope because Jesus offers us access to his resurrection power, to counter and combat any challenge that would diminish us as humans in any way, including the way that we think about things. And so I want to get into a few specific challenges today, three to be specific, certainly not an exhaustive list, but just enough to get us thinking about this issue and hopefully to to make us a little bit more aware. Because I really truly believe that awareness is one of the best tools for us to utilize in our pursuit to get healthier in our minds. So the first challenge uh, that I would, I would sum it up with one word and that's the word inputs. Inputs, basically, what are you allowing yourself to see and hear? What are you allowing into your life? And what do those inputs bring to you? Is it healthy? Is it unhealthy? I think these are good questions to ask because what we input into our lives, it leaves a mark, whether we know it or not. It leaves a mark, and so evaluating what we allow into our our mind and our heart and our soul is so important. And I, I think the Apostle Paul has some really helpful advice for us in this in this department. And I, I would submit this for your consideration. It's found in one Corinthians chapter ten, verse twenty-three where Paul is is sort of debating with the Corinthians on what behaviors are allowed and what behaviors maybe should be prohibited. And, And there's just this kind of, there's this discussion around it. And he gives a great framing statement that I've found helpful in my own journey. Listen to what this says. You say, I am allowed to do anything. That was what the Corinthians were saying. And then Paul follows up, but not everything is good for you. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. See, I think that's a great framework for us because most of our regular inputs in life are not inherently bad or evil. Several that come to mind immediately would be, you know, entertainment choices, books and media and movies and, and music. Maybe it's the news. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's your friend circle or, or the person that you go to advice for or, or with, Most of us engage in one of those inputs and none of them are inherently evil, but all of those inputs can imprint something unhealthy on us, depending on how we're engaging with it, depending on the original source material. And so Paul's framework is super helpful in in helping us kind of question the inputs in our life. For instance, is watching the news every night an evil thing? No, it's not. Is it, is it permissible? Is it allowable? Sure. Yeah, it's fine. Is it the very best practice? I don't know. That's something that we should question with Holy Spirit. We should partner up with Holy Spirit to get his advice and, and his leading on that particular issue. I remember early on in COVID that being very enamored with the news, I would check sites and, and watch different you know, web or news channels and podcasts and those sorts of things. And, and at some point during about three months into the pandemic, I I recognized I, I need to pull away from this. I, I need to back off from this. It wasn't wrong for me to stay updated on the news. It actually helped me to pray, but, but Holy Spirit began to speak to me and, and help me to recognize that there really was actually a root of anxiety that was taking, taking hold of my heart and it was influencing the rest of my life, that I was starting to engage in ways that were less hopeful, less joyful. And I, I was beginning to sense that I needed to pull away from the bad news that was emanating out from news sources and I needed to plug in, to sources that were, that were gonna give me a little bit more hope and life. Social media would be a, another example of this for me. I'd say in the last six, six months or so, I, I've really kind of, I've determined to pull back a little bit from that. And again, using Paul's questions, is using social media wrong? No. Is it permissible? Yeah. Is it beneficial? That's where we partner up with the Lord to ask God to give you discernment on how to answer that question. And so for me, he pointed out, I don't always engage with social media from a healthy place. There's comparison things there. There's, there's opinion things on there that pop up. And I started to notice maybe roots of bitterness and anger that were popping up based on what I was seeing on social media. And so I felt the Lord asked me to just pull back from that, that input, from that source, and, and just really lean into other avenues of expression, other avenues of maybe prayer or, or reading or, or whatever but please hear me, okay? I don't want anyone to leave our time together saying, oh, Pastor Josh, he's banned everything in our lives. That, That is not at all what I'm prescribing here. What I'm asking is that you, in partnership with Holy Spirit, begin to analyze and evaluate the various inputs in your life, to look at those inputs and ask, is this making me more like Jesus? Is this input producing fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Are those things starting to pop up in my life? Is this input the most beneficial use of my time? And then just simply listen for what God has to say in that and then do what he says. Evaluating our inputs is important because inputs inputs can serve as a huge challenge to remaining healthy in our minds. So that's the first challenge. Now I, I wanna talk about a second challenge and I would use the phrase self-deception to, uh, to sort of summarize what, where we're going with this particular challenge. Now, our, our brains are so marvelous and wonderful. I am no brain scientist at all. I don't know how it all works, but I will say this. One thing I recognize and understand is that in our sinful nature, our minds have the ability to lead us astray and we have to take every thought captive. It's a verse that we looked at last week, actually. Kind of an example of this. I remember when I was a kid, you know, a toddler, elementary school age kid, I remember being really scared of the dark. And I would look around my room at night, I'd wake up, you know, and look around the room and and maybe my closet door was left open or there was something in the corner that was left that isn't normally there. And, you know, waking up in the dead of night, complete darkness, eyes blurry and dark, I, I would begin to imagine, I would begin to invent a narrative around what was lurking in that corner and and often well pretty much every time it was in my head a monster that was getting ready to get me and and i would you know cover up you know and try to you know not look at things and and whatever and and then finally muster up courage to walk across the room or run across the room and flip the light on and the light exposed the truth that it was probably yeah, or it was just a coat, you know, that was left out. Or it was my Ewok village or, or some other stupid toy that was in the way and, and just, you know, my mind went crazy with fear, inventing narrative around what was there. And, and what I've found is as I've gotten older, dark rooms don't throw me for a loop anymore. But certainly situations and circumstances and relationships and conversations that I'm unclear about those things can throw me for a loop that in the absence of information, my mind can begin to play tricks on me and I can fill in the blank with imagined narrative. And then when the light of truth shines on those specific situations, I will often find that what I had imagined in the dark was, was just simply not true. It wasn't even close to being true. I think a great framing scripture for for this particular roadblock roadblock is, is actually a famous statement spoken by Jesus. Listen to this. You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Truth is key here. Pastor Sean mentioned last week that internalizing and memorizing scripture is so important in this arena of our life. And I wanna echo that, I wanna affirm that. And in fact, there's a set of questions that I've been using recently that have been helpful in, in sort of determining when I am filling in false narrative around a situation and also helps me get to the scriptures, get back to the gospel story for truth. I th- These questions, I, I found them in a, a book written by Rich Velotis. and I wanna pass these on to you. Uh, five questions. The first is, what happened? You know, what happened? What, what was the conversation? Or what was the situation? The, number two is, what am I feeling? Uh, basically, don't be afraid to feel what you need to feel. Number three and four, we'll get back to in a moment, but it's, what is the story I'm telling myself? And what does the gospel say? And then question five is, what action is needed? Just a, a helpful framework of analyzing situations in our lives to help us not put narrative in that doesn't need to be there. Notice questions three and four. What is the story I'm telling myself? I mean, this question has helped me identify places where, where I have been deceiving myself or, or it kind of helps me identify a narrative that I've been inventing in the darkness or in the blurriness or in the confusion. And then question four to follow up is huge because it drives me back to the scriptures. What does the gospel say? It drives me back to the story of God to reveal truth to my conversations and my circumstances. Now, I've shared this here before. Uh, You know, at Heritage Church, I've shared this, but one of the, the wrestling matches that I consistently have with myself is kind of around my own identity. And I constantly, I just I get into negative thought loops about who I am. I am my worst enemy, and I I can begin to call into question a variety of things attached to who I am. Maybe it's a calling thing. Maybe it's a gifting thing, a talent thing. Maybe it's a, a definition of success or failure. And I've found that my own definition of success and failure typically puts me more on the failure side of the equation than not, and and, and that is the story that I tell myself, and. When I'm disciplined at asking, what does the gospel say? What does God actually have to say about me? It helps me remember the truth about my own origin story, that God knit me together, that, that God designed me, God stamped his image upon me. These are all things that are true of you as well, that, that, that I am fully known and loved by God, and it, it builds this trust Uh, Between me and the Lord, and a truth foundation for me to stand on, upon those moments when my head would attempt to communicate something that was untrue about who I am, about my identity. Now, look, there's dozens, hundreds of ways that our minds can play games with us. We we don't have time to explore them all, but I do want to share something here uh, that hopefully will be helpful. I remember a, a couple of years ago. I was finishing up a spiritual formation class for a degree that I was working on, and it required us to read a book about addiction. And there was this whole section in the book that talked about the various ways that our brain can short circuit a recovery journey that we're trying to go on. And so I I sat down with this book and I read that section and I was blown away. I kept circling things that, that I could identify with, circling the various ways that I identified how my brain operated as it relates to my own health journey, my own physical health journey, my journey with food. And, and you know, look, I, I'm always very, very careful uh, about how I talk about this particular thing and how we speak about weight issues. I, I know it can be sensitive. I know it's a battle. I've been heavy my entire adult life. But for me personally, I have found that the mental battle is the most difficult part for me getting physically healthy. to to quote the great Yogi Berra, right? He he once said that baseball is 99% mental and the other half is physical. And it's a great quote, not really great math, but it's a great quote because the truth is there. The truth applies to a variety of areas of life. And I've found that my own physical health journey is 99% mental and the other half is physical. And so there's tricks that my head plays on me that I've just noticed. And I, I started circling these things in this book and identifying the ways that these things were short-circuiting my recovery journey. Uh, One of the tricks is rationalization, right? That that my head convinces me why I deserve a break from whatever exercise routine that I've started. Or I convince myself that I've, I've already blown my calories for breakfast, so I can go ahead and blow them the rest of the day. Or I convince myself that calories don't count on vacation days or special occasions or Sabbath or really any day between Monday and Sunday, right? Or or there's delaying tactics. There's there's this this idea that, that pops up in my brain where I convince myself that rather than start to eat clean right now in this moment where I should, that maybe I should just wait for a Monday, or maybe I should wait for the first day of the month, or the first day of the year, or the first year of a new decade, right? And I usually tell myself this on a Tuesday or the second day of the month or year or the second year of a decade. That's what my brain does. My my mind convinces me to delay a healthy choice. Then there's this thing called coping. I found that I tend to eat in order to cope with stress or sadness and, and that if I don't feel good about a particular area of my life, I convince myself that I'll feel better if I go grab one of my favorite meals, AKA Harris pizza. But my brain convinces me that it's okay. There are so many ways that my mind plays into this journey. And I I, listen, I don't share this lightly or flippantly. I I share this because I want to illustrate that our minds are so deeply interconnected with the rest of our being and that, that our unhealthy thoughts will, will leak out in other places if we don't address them. They'll, they'll leak out in our physical health. They'll leak out in, in the health of our spirit. It will leak out into our personal relationships. And, and, and we just need to be aware of that interconnectedness. Now, I know that your story is different than mine. Your, your big issue may not be centered on a health journey. It may be something else, but but it's so important for us to understand. We all cope in different ways. We all have different triggers. We all have different types of past trauma to contend with. Our, Our families of origin play a part in this. And so we need to ask God to reveal the light of his truth, to shine into the dark corners of our mind, to expose those places where our thoughts have led us down a wrong path or have deceived us. where where we just, where those thoughts have have let us down. And we need to take those thoughts captive and offer them back to Jesus and ask for his truth because friends, his truth is what sets us free. So we've talked about inputs. We've talked about self-deception, but there's one final roadblock that that I feel like we need to mention here. And I would sum this up by by just one word. The, The word is opposition. See, regularly in the scriptures, it is highlighted that we live within an existence that is both seen and unseen. In fact, listen to how Paul describes this reality in his letter to the Ephesians. He says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. This highlights the reality that we, we live in an existence where, where there's a physical reality and there's a spiritual reality, but there's the reality that we, the, the oppos- there is an opposition. There are dark forces led by Satan that want to be disruptive to God's redemptive plan and purpose in this world. And what the, the ripple for us is that those same dark forces wanna disrupt anything that God is attempting to do in you and in me. And one of the biggest battlegrounds is in our mind. See, if there's a a festering emotional wound that is chewing up headspace for you, you have to understand the enemy is going to leverage that against you. If there's a lingering doubt to your own self-worth or purpose, the enemy will attempt to amplify that self-doubt to a debilitating level. If there's a hairline fracture in your soul, Believe me, the enemy will seek to widen and lengthen that fracture in whatever way possible. Now, I don't share this to, to cause any sort of fear because uh, that honestly would be counterproductive to what we're trying to do here today. I remind you of this so that you're prepared and you're aware. In the same passage, Paul shares something so important, so connected. And I, I want you to just be aware of this. He writes, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Good news. It's a great reminder for us that as Christ followers, we can draw on the mighty name of Jesus. We can draw upon the resurrection power that's been made available to us through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us. We need not fear anything, but we do need to stay aware and to be watchful of, and, and, and aware of the battle and the, the strategies that the enemy is attempting to use. John writes, the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. I mean, that, that's amazing. Right, God is so much more powerful than any adversary that we would ever face. And it's not even a close comparison. So take heart in the power of God but keep your eyes open for how the enemy is seeking to leverage your thoughts against you. Friends, the, the power of our mind, the power of our thoughts cannot be overstated. Our thoughts set trajectory for us. Pastor Sean talked about that last week. And it connects to every aspect of, and facet of our lives, body, spirit, relational journey. So I I hope that you'll take time to examine these challenges, to examine some of these roadblocks. I I hope that you take time to examine how beneficial your current inputs into your life are. I, I pray that we can identify those places where our mind is playing tricks on us and that when we shine the light of truth from Jesus into the dark corners of our lives, that the truth would would reveal those things that can set us free. And I, I trust that we will choose to cling to the power of God to help us hold fast against the tricks of the enemy. So I wanna close today in the way that I started with a word of hope. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person By changing the way you think, then you will know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Change is possible. Lean into Jesus for that strength. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for life in you, for the power that you grant us, We thank you so much that victory has been won, that we need not fear anything, that there is no adversary we face that is too strong for you. And so I pray, Lord, for my sisters and brothers on this journey, that you would help us uh, in in the healing journey of our minds, that you would help us understand the, the health or unhealth of our inputs and to make necessary changes that you would help us understand those places where we put uh, narrative in, in the vacuum of, of information, that you would shine your truth on that so that we understand what, true, what is true and what is not, and that you would help us stand firm against the enemy's tricks. We thank you, Lord, for who you are, for what you've done. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name, amen.
5: So oh, you've come to bring peace, to be love, to be nearer to us. So oh, you've come to bring life, to be light, to shine brighter in us so we may.
1: Darkness, you're the light that guides me through. Our eyes are on you. You run near to the broken, the weak find their strength in you. Our eyes are on you. comes from. Our hope is found in you. Jesus, Lord, I've all. We lift our eyes to Exalted world. We lift our eyes to you. Where our help comes from. Our hope is found in you. Jesus, Lord,
3: We're so grateful that you've chosen to spend this part of your Memorial Day weekend with us. Memorial Day is the reminder of what the scriptures say, that greater love has known one than this, and that they would lay down their life for a friend. We're so grateful for those who have given the ultimate sacrifice for us to live in and enjoy the freedoms that we hold here. We encourage you to take some time this weekend to reflect on the goodness of God and in the rights, responsibilities, and freedoms that you have part of this community. Now Memorial Day is also traditionally the start of summer, an opportunity for us to live into a different rhythm and find different means of connecting with those around us, especially after the kind of season that we've all walked through. So we encourage you if you're looking for ways to connect more deeply with the heritage family to check out heritageqc.com or the church center app. You'll find a list of different ways that we're creating to just connect in more deep relationship with one another. Again, that's at heritageqc.com and in the Church Center app. May is also Mental Health Awareness Month. It's a reminder for each of us that God has come to bring us to fullness of life in body, mind, and spirit. And so again, we encourage you, if you're looking to connect with somebody in a mental health journey and you want to process a little bit of that with one of our pastors, you can call the Pray With A Pastor line at any time. And we'll help get you connected with mental health services right here in our community. If you are struggling today and you're concerned that you might harm yourself or someone else, we encourage you right now to text HOME to 741741 you'll immediately get connected with a counselor and they'll help connect you with other opportunities and invitations right now. Again, that's texting HOME to 74174. Over the last season, we've had all kinds of opportunity to journey with people as they've experienced highs and lows of life. We've been part of different opportunities like mobile food pantries, celebrations of life, Weddings, child dedications, baptisms, and everything in between. It's because of your radical generosity that we're able to be part of each of those stories. So for those of you who have given thank you, thank you for your radical generosity. Thanks for pressing in with us as we chase after Jesus in these days. If you're interested in giving to the Ministries of Heritage or want to find out more about what that looks like, we encourage you to go to heritageqc.com slash As always, we're praying for you, we're grateful for you, and we can't wait to see what God does in and through you in the days ahead. Have a great week. We'll see you soon.
1: What one